what you're yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would see I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one, But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like somebody else gets me frustrated. Life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into. Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it. No, no, no. How are you guys doing? It's been exactly like about 10 days um, since I'm back. As you know that I'm not doing a weekly show. I'm not doing a weekly episode. I'm kind of doing uh, three, uh, three episodes. I'm doing like three episodes per month, like every month. And I don't know what to call it like. Uh, like you have a try, we try, try episode per month, try monthly episode. I don't know what do you call it, really. But anyways, um, it is uh, it is December twenty seventh. It's a Sunday, so this is a Sunday service uh, with me, Mo Classo, in my Just a Nobody podcast uh, uh, episodes. Uh, I don't know what number it is, but hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. It's always you know a pleasure. I really love doing this. You know, I really love doing this. And uh, if you have listeners who really are there out there, you know, gonna listen to it. So why not do it even more, right? So uh, I just want to wish everyone uh, the compliments of the season, uh, happy holidays. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, of course, it's a pandemic, but uh, but also it is uh, the end of the year. We're gonna. Uh, we're going to end 2021. And of course, everyone, I don't want to kind of put a bummer here, but everyone's saying that everything's going to be all right in 2021. I'm not going to say that. Hey, man. Mo fucking class. Mo Classo, sorry. <laughs> Mo Classo is not going to say that everything's going to be okay in 2021. You know, that's false hope. That's how I entered 2020 saying, hey, man, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be my year. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Like, keep the hope. Keep the faith. Keep the this. Keep the that. And, you know, things like that. But, hey, what really happened, you know? It's an anxiety. Uh, uh, it's like it's like a, a, a year where you keep thinking it's so un of unexpected things happening. Uh, things you are like, uh, so, you know, there's so much fear. So, uh, I would not say 2021 would be the best year or I'm looking forward to it, but I hope, you know, it's going to be better than 2020. That's all that I'm asking for. Anyways, uh, for all those people who, uh, who celebrated Christmas, a happy belated Christmas to all of you, I know it's a little late. I wanted to kind of record it, but I say, hey, man, everyone's busy and I'm just a nobody. You know, who's going to ever listen to me on Christmas Day? So I didn't record it on that day. Um, but anyway, uh, if it snowed uh, in the place that you stay at or live at, uh, then it's like white Christmas. You know, it's like I'm dreaming of white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days, may your days, may your days be merry and bright. And may all your Christmases be white. Maybe that's one song that, you know, I would like. Uh, the I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like, I like, don't like the snow, really. But, but on Christmas Day, I feel it should snow because, you know, uh, uh, Christmas is all about white Christmas. You know, that's kind of the feeling that you have. But it didn't really snow in the place that I live at. But if you had that uh, great, uh, you know, if it's not where you live, then great, man. That's the best thing that can ever happen on Christmas Day. It's that, you know, that feeling really... 
uh, it gives you the feeling even more. Um, so I hope you all are doing well because uh, uh, that's life all about. It's all about, um, you know, just living happy and healthy. I think these two aspects of life are so important. That's what 2020 has really taught me that uh, if you have health, if you have your basic things that you really need, you know, you have food, you have a roof over your head, you can, uh, you have, uh, you have, a, you know, you have something to look forward to when it comes to fulfilling your ambitions or whatever you want to do with your, with your, with your, uh, with your intelligence, with your capability, with your creativity. If you have that platform to be able to uh, do that, then I think that's all that you need, you know, to make life a good place, life worth it. You don't really need to be living in a mansion or have all those riches. You know, if you have these basic necessities, I think it's the best thing. Um, so that's what 2020 has taught me that, uh, that's what you need. But even that has become so difficult in 2020, you know, in this year, uh, because of the pandemic, it's even getting your basic, your requirements fulfilled is, has become so difficult. And that's where, you know, the role of the government really comes in. You know, we always thought that government is not important, but government is so important. And that's what 2020 has again, you know, opened my eyes towards it that, hey, man, government is important in times like this and adversities like this. That's when they need to pop in and do the job. Um, so I hope, you know, you're really doing good and things get better. When it comes to me, actually, my legs, my thighs, my my upper limb is hurting me so bad right now like i can't even talk i can't even i can't even express myself for how to spain i'm sitting actually on a chair i usually record my podcast episodes sitting down in the indian indian in the yoga position you know cross legs on the floor because that makes me really comfortable but i can't do that right now because my he- leg is hurting why because i tried the jumping squats you know i i was I, I watched it online and I said, let me just try it. You know, where you jump and then you squat, you jump and then you squat. So it helps your, you know, uh, uh, your heart is racing. And at the same time, you get that exercise. So I tried that and it was the first time that I ever tried it. And I should have not gone overboard with it. Like I did 30, 30 sets. I think I did 30 jumps like that. I should have just done 10 and then, you know, kind of increased it over a period of time. But I just went overboard and I was doing it. Nothing happened while I was doing it at that time. When I was doing it, everything was perfectly fine. At least, hey, man. Hey, universe. Tell me. Show me that it's paining while I'm doing it. When I do the 10th one, when I do the 11th one, universe. You're supposed to tell me. Uh, sh- give me some pain so that I stop do- doing it, you know. Nothing happened. It didn't pain me. So I kept on and on doing it at 30. And then I did 30 of this uh, jump, jump and squat. And, um, and the next morning I was dead, like my leg started hurting so bad. It's still paining. I kind of applied the, this, uh, those gels, uh, those pain, pain, you know, uh, pain relief gels and whatever. I hope it gets all right, but, uh, still I cannot sit on the toilet. I cannot get, get down and climb up the stairs, get up the stairs. So that's also so difficult. Uh, but I think it'll get better. Definitely. I think when you try something new, you know, it just pains. I have no idea. But hey, universe. Hey, you universe out there. You're supposed to tell me, you know, when something's going to hurt. Don't show me, show me the pain the next day. Show me the pain while I'm doing it. Hey, man. Universe. The universe. Anyways, talking about the universe. Uh, how many of you uh, caught the great conjunction of Jupiter and Mercury. That was something really awesome. Like I was amazed. First and foremost, you know, uh, uh, first and foremost, the most important thing that I want to say is I still can't believe that we all human beings, we all 7 billion of us are sitting on a planet, on a blue planet, which has like about 70, 75% water. And it's, it's a solid uh, object that is floating. Okay. It's up there in space, in a galaxy of some other planets and just revolving around the sun. Hey, man, can you fucking believe this? How is it even possible 
that we are just floating up in space in an object called the earth and other planets like it is are also existing and they all revolve around the sun in their own it's like it's like a dj you know the sun is like a dj and the galaxy is a dance bar you know with all of these planets uh, dancing in their own orbits in their own running track you know without dashing each other and each one of them are billions and billions and millions and millions of miles away like hey man can you fucking believe that i can't believe it like till now that something like this exists like if you look up the sky Uh, it's all space it's all universe it's all so many g- galaxies and this, hey man what the fuck you know okay something like that is there okay i can't believe that but and then on december 21st that was last week this whole thing about the universe got more complex when there was news that jupiter and saturn are going to come together you know um Uh, come really close to each other uh, which was last such an episode was seen like in 1623 we are in 2020 and 1623 that is about more than 400 years ago they came so close to each other you know more than 400 years ago and i was like hey man this is fucking mind blowing like um of course i couldn't see it from where i am but uh, i was looking for photos you know about uh, and videos uh, to see uh what it really looked like you know and um and uh, these two planets they really came close now uh from what i from what i researched that uh jupiter and saturn are the largest planets in the in in the galaxy that we are in and um like there are 700 earths can actually fit inside saturn and 1300 earths can actually fit inside jupiter so that's how big saturn and jupiter really are and these two huge planets they're really close to i mean they're billions of miles uh, away but they're next to each other's orbits so it's like a race track when they both came really close to each other and they form a great conjunction it was like it seems it looked like a christmas tree or something the formation but i actually uh, realize that these two planets about they are about 400 million miles apart from each other but from earth they look so close you know using those uh, telescopes or whatever and when i looked at these photographs i went bonkers when i saw this particular photograph by uh, by this by this guy meteorologist i don't know who he he was some expert in the field now that photograph showed uh, was was so clear that you could see the rings of saturn and then you could see jupiter those two planets and then you could see the four moons of jupiter on that in that photo and uh, one moon of um, uh, you know one moon of uh, this uh, of uh, jupiter which was not jupiter of saturn which was visible in that photo and i was like hey man you know there are 500 solar systems in the entire universe out there like 500 solar systems in the entire galaxy and one of the solar system is ours you know this particular solar system that is about 4.5 billion miles uh, uh, old which consists of mercury venus earth mars jupiter saturn uranus neptune uh, and pluto and then all of them revolving in their own running track like uh, around the sun so that's one galaxy and there are such similar galaxies about 500 of them we are just one out of the 500 so my mind is you know is like hey man what the fuck like is that really happening is it really out there yes mo it is there and then episodes like the saturn and jupiter the great conjunction like you know it's like jaw dropping like what the fuck is happening out there you know it's so beautiful it's so beautiful wow like and then uh, you also uh, you know uh, like we learned in school and stuff like that i never I, i never really looked at it you know in such uh, i never really gave it a thought that hey man we are a blue object out there floating in space i never really thought that way but now as an adult i really feel like what are we you know we are special people out there really lucky fortunate you know 
of course uh, you know there are uh, the, uh, the the mercury venus earth and mars the terrestrial uh, planets of this galaxy uh, basically made of rocky material their solid surfaces they have fewer moons or no moons at all and they're small as compared to the jovian planets which is uh, the jupiter saturn uranus and neptune which belong to the same galaxy but they're basically ice giants and gas giants like jupiter and saturn are gi- gas giants and uranus and neptune are ice giants now these jovian planets are have multiple moons like you know we saw in that photograph uh, with uh, jupiter having four moons there could be more of them but four moons were visible in that photograph uh, saturn you uh, and then you know they support many ring systems like saturn it has so many rings around it you know uh, there's no solid surface because they're mostly gaseous and uh, ice giants and the huge as ever like jupiter and saturn the two largest planets in the galaxy that we are in so it's like we are a miracle you know we're basically a miracle you know out there you me everybody we are in a universe uh and in that in that uh, uh in that we are in uh, we are in a galaxy and then we are in one of the solar systems out of 500 of the solar systems and then inside that solar system we are in we are uh based on one planet which is the earth which is the center of all other planets in that in that in that solar system and we are there man like can you even imagine i can't i can't like i can't i can't i can't i think we are all living a miracle and out of all that we just happen to make money rule earth you know how did money ever really become so important the most important thing you know that uh, we spoiled everything you know this whole beauty of uh, this old this old miracle and this whole uh, uh, this whole greatness that we all got to live we just brought made money the most important thing you know if you don't have money you can't even have the basic necessities of life we have become those animals on this beautiful planet which which is uh, in the solar system the solar system is in a big galaxy and this whole universe thing i don't know how we made money rule it anyway um but i watched i didn't watch it of course with my own eyes but i watched those photos and i watched those nasa uh the videos and i was like go bonkers man totally completely absolutely and i'm dreaming of white christmas with every card right and i went made the day may your day be merry and bright and may all your christmases be white of a white christmas <laughs> So it's the pandemic man it's the pandemic we're living in a pandemic world I don't think anyone uh, is I hope we never live another pandemic like I'm just fed up now you know I hope 2020 is really good but this virus is like I don't know what's this news about the virus the variants of the virus it's keep it's going on changing its genetic composition like in the UK now uh, they found uh, a new uh, the same covid-19 virus but it is kind of upgraded itself it has undergone like it is 70% more more infectious that is more transmissible missable and it has undergone 23 mutations in its genetic code it's like hey man you know i'm an iphone now you know the virus is saying hey man i'm an iphone i keep changing but i think it's changing faster than an iphone you know an iphone like upgrades after every year or maybe maybe a little more but this virus has upgraded like a 9 month straight 23 mutations you know in its genetic code hey man covid 19 what's up man just give up hey man just give up like literally so of course uh, there are many uh, many uh, countries like canada mexico russia china india and many many of them they have kind of banned travel 
to and fro from the United Kingdom. So that's one thing. I think the United States is only asking for 72 hours of testing uh, before you arrive from the UK. So that's something different, but it's not it's not closed down uh, traveling. Um, of course, the UK government is under a lockdown, like a complete lockdown uh, because of this new variant. So it's, this virus is behaving like an iPhone. You know, basically, iPhones come with a new version. The, the virus comes like a variant. iPhones come with new features. The virus comes with new mutations. The, the iPhone comes with... Um, you know, it acts like it acts like real. It's not real. It's it's basically artificial intelligence, and the and the virus is like real, man. It has genes. It has a genetic code. You know, for God's sake, it's a living object. It lives like a parasite in human beings. You know, so that's the only difference. Otherwise, you know, uh, what's up? Like, you know, just give up. That's all that I want to tell the COVID nineteen. Like you're done. You you did what whatever you came to do. Just let go. You know. I hope the vaccines work on each and every one of us, seven billion of us, and let's get rid of this. You know, just waiting for the end of this uh, this whole pandemic. Um, but of course, uh, uh, talking about going back to normal. So you know, globalization is the way we live. You know, we are. Uh, we are people living on this planet who've created goods and services. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of money, people, uh, ideas, data. There's a lot of mobility of these things, you know, uh, between different countries on this globe, on this planet, and that's what that that's what makes the world uh, so interconnected. And you can't do without it, you know? So there's, there's this, there's this lot of noise about, uh, globalization, whether, you know, COVID-19 will kill globalization completely. Like it'll, it, there's going to be a deglobalization after the pandemic is over. What I can say is as long as technology and as long as innovation exist and it'll keep growing, it'll keep continuing, like the digital world, we can connect with people anywhere in the world. Telecommunications, uh, you know, social media, technology, artificial intelligence, uh, the, the way we are connecting with each other, virtual meetings, you know, the, the way uh, we have kind of changed the post the, in, during the pandemic, the COVID-19. Like people don't go to work anymore. They're working remotely. So you can be sitting anywhere in the world. And kind of do the job, you know, that's the realization. So I would definitely say COVID-19 is not killing globalization. It's only going to make it bigger. Um, it's going to make it, uh, it's going to make it more advanced. As long as technology and innovation exist, you know, uh, globalization is not going anywhere. And there are a lot of naysayers. There are a lot of negative people out there who are saying, hey, man, you know, COVID-19 has shown us that we don't, we, 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 we have to, we have to, uh, we have to do every, we have to produce everything we need within the nation. We have to close our borders, uh, don't allow companies to go out. And if they go out and manufacture outside, do work outside, then you've got to kind of uh, increase the tariffs and tax them, you know, highly and things like that. Those are the negative mindsets, you know, who who think that closing the borders and being more protectionist, isolating yourself from the rest of the world, being more nationalist is going to solve the problem. No, man, there are 7 billion people around the world and all each and every one of these 7 billion people are basically consumers, you know. So if a nation of say about, uh, say about 500 to 600 million people in a nation just closes its border and thinks that, hey, man, we have to just kind of close our borders, don't do anything with the rest of the world. We we'll produce everything we need and we'll sell it to our consumers. You're closing your your world to the rest. Six billion and five, six billion, 500 million people. That's what you're going to do because each and every one living on the planet, seven billion of us is a consumer. You're losing out. You know, so globalization is not going anywhere as long as we have those effective supply chains, as long as we have innovation, we have technology, goods and services, people, money, ideas and data is definitely going to be continuously. There's going to be mobility between countries not going anywhere. My friends, that's the optimist and adventurous, uh, you know, way of thinking. That's what I feel and that's how I'm thinking. But if you think you can close your borders, not going to happen. Look at the vaccine, man. You know, a vaccine was 
there is a search, there's a, there's, a, there's a research for a new vaccine happening all across the globe. And it was finally produced in Germany, another country, you know. So uh, Germany is going to distribute the, the, the vaccine to the rest of the world thanks to supply chains that we have, thanks to technology that can keep the vaccine at minus 70 degrees centigrade and be able to transport that it's going to be possible thanks to globalization that that's happening. That's possible. Imagine if you just if we each every and every country for till today, you know, we just closed our borders and we just did business with each other for people within the country. How would we distribute this vaccine? Thanks to the supply chains that have already been developed, you know, over the years. It's so easy today. Thanks to technologies that has enabled us to uh, be able to keep uh, to kind of communicate, you know, with each other. Uh, thanks to innovation of being able to storage uh, capabilities that we have of, of, you know, being able to keep these uh, vaccines at minus 70 degrees centigrade. That's what these vaccines really need. So um, uh, for all those naysayers who are saying that, hey, man, deglobalization is going to happen after COVID-19. It's not going to happen. It's only going to get bigger. Globalization is definitely getting bigger. Um, uh, after you know the post-pandemic world, of course, there's a pause right now, uh, which is required because uh, because because of the virus, it's very infectious. But uh, I don't think it's ever going anywhere. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna last uh, as long as we uh, we really know. You know, uh, so that's that that's all that I want to say, and. Um, you know, it won't kill globalization because, you know, uh, there are 7 billion people that I, that, that I was talking about. But just one thing I want to say is um, uh, now, while we are in the pandemic and we have, uh, you know, we have cut up from each other thanks to technology. We can communicate with each other. There are virtual meetings. We're meeting our families. We're, uh, we're calling each other, etc. stuff like that. But I want to say, you know, I've been kind of watching this, these uh, video messages by these lawmakers and by government officials and decision makers, etc. They make these holiday messages and almost all of them, okay, almost all of them are t telling the public like, you know, stay calm. Christmas and the holidays is not about materialistic things, okay? These guys are telling the people, the public, that um, uh, the Christmas and the holidays is not about materialistic things. Most of them in their own way, they're saying this, that it's about love, it's about hope, it's about rebirth, it's about renewal and things like that. But, you know, all these people who are giving these messages, I would never give a message because... Uh, because today in uh, uh, materialistic things uh, for uh, for the the public is basically materialistic things are like a roof over your head, you know, food to eat your regular meals every day and shelter, food, water running in your taps. Those are the materialistic things that people really consider materialistic today, you know. Hope, love, rebirth, renewal is great. But you need your basic necessities to be able to experience that love, to be able to, uh, you know, uh, be ambitious and have hope, you know. So that's important. You cannot just... So all these people, you know, all these great people who are giving these speeches on television and, and stuff like that, telling us that, uh, that Christmas and the holidays is not about uh, materialistic things, they all live in mansions, you know. They all live in mansions. They have everything that they need. So, you know, th that's some kind of bullshit that I can't really tolerate. Like, I'm Ray Charles to every, every bullshit, to every kind of bullshit. Like, I just don't pay attention. That's the best way to treat, because, you know, why get dirty with pigs, you know, because you're going to dirty yourself. You know, don't fight with pigs because you're going you're gonna to dirty yourself. But there's some these kind some kinds of bullshit that people are so ignorant and they don't really understand. They really don't understand the plight of people today. Really pisses me off. This is some kind of bullshit that I can't Ray Charles, you know, do a Ray Charles at. Seriously. Um, so I was like, what the fuck, you know? Like, wh why don't they just keep quiet? Why do you have to give some holiday message when you don't really know the people you really serve, you know? I wish they really knew. Because that's that's why you are a leader, right? 
So you'll be able to serve the people uh, that you're out there to serve. Anyway, so that's uh, that's some kind of bullshit. And I was like, uh, the other day, I don't know how many, it was about a few days back, uh, where um, I watched this uh, video uh, of Tom Cruise, you know, yelling at his crew members uh, for not following the COVID-19 protocol. Like, this sounds like legit, you know. Okay, so fine. you got to follow your COVID-19 protocols. You know, you got to wear a mask. And he was yelling at them because he, they were not following those protocols that are required. And he was in the UK at that time shooting Mission Impossible, the series. And uh, so he was yelling. And I want to play that yell because I'm not overreacting. I'm sure I'm not overreacting that that was yuck. You know, you don't really yell at your crew members you've been working with for so long, you know, who really run the show there uh, in such a way. I want to play this and may, you know, um, I felt it was, of course, he was getting a lot of, uh, uh, many people were praising him for the things that he was saying, uh, you know, whilst yelling at his, while yelling at his uh, crew members. But hey, man, there's a way to do things, you know. Of course, I would, if you listen to it, I'm going to play it in a few, uh, in a bit. If you listen to it, I would definitely play that entire two minutes and 20 seconds yelling by Tom Cruise to his crew members at at the stores. I'd play it at a public place like train, bus, airports, you know, uh, at um, uh, at the outstation, uh, booths or whatever. Any place where public gathers, I'll play it there. Like it's for the general public. Let's play it, you know. I'll do that because he's gone ballistic in that in that video. And I would definitely play it. But when you target a few people, you know, while yelling so badly, you know, that's what really got me. That's some kind of bullshit. That is that is yuck. It's actually yuck. Like even a ch- even if, if parents, like if a parent is yelling at a child, a child would call 911, you know, child services. Telling, uh, telling those uh, child service officers that, hey man, my mom, my mom and dad is yelling and me can't take it anymore. That it was that kind of yelling. So let's listen to it and then you know we'll uh, we take it from there. Uh, this is Tom Cruise uh, yelling and just listen to it. Of course, all his, all the all the words that he used, the f words that he used have been beeped. But um, you know when you target people and yell so badly, that's what is yuck. That's what is shitty, you know. But of course, I would take this bit and play it at every public place, you know, uh, for all you care. But here he is, Tom Cruise yelling at his crew while in UK shooting Mission Impossible 7. They're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because they're us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers! And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again! Ever! And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it! And you too! And you too! And you! Don't you ever f- do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their f- homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this movie down. Whoa. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're gone. And you're gone. That's it. Am I clear? 
Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, and I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is it. I trust you guys to be here. Yeah, that's a, that's about it. <laughs> it's like you're gone, you're gone, and you're gone. Like you know, you have Oprah. She says you get a car and you get a car and you get a car, but you have Tom Cruise saying you are fired, you're gone, you're gone. Like anybody saying you are fired to the people he hired, you know, you are fired. If you're using those words, that shows how arrogant you are, you know. That shows who you are, basically. It's yuck. It's like, you know, see, if you, I would play that. If I was a governor or if I was a mayor of a particular city, I would take that recording and play it at a public place, you know, because saying it to the general public, yes, you know, it's like fun also, but at the same time, it's delivering a message. But if you're targeting a few people in front of others and you're telling them you're fired, and you're yelling, that's yuck. You're not supposed to do that, you know? Uh, so, uh, like, I, he, 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 he's putting himself, like, as if he's a job creator. Like, he created all the jobs and he's doing... That's arrogance. That's basically arrogance, you know? And um, that's what fucking pisses me off um, about the whole thing, uh, about him targeting people. Uh, and for those people who are really praising Tom Cruise for saying what he said to a few people, his crew members, I don't know what to say about you. You know, you have a different uh, way of thinking, which doesn't match mine at all, really. Uh, anyway, um, now I want to share one important thing that I really read. I was like, what the hell? You know, I'm sure I want to share this with you so badly. Like, um, now Paris, a mayor in Paris, uh, or Paris as a whole city, was uh, fined for breaking uh, for breaking France's gender rules uh, by hiring too many women. Now, this is a very, very, uh, like, the this, this, this subject of this uh, news story kind of sent me in bonkers, and I couldn't hold but just read it further. Now, uh, what happened is uh, in France, Paris, France, this mayor, who's uh, uh, the mayor of France, uh, she hired 11 women uh, at the top leadership positions, uh, at decision-making positions in a cabinet or whatever, and five men in management positions. And as per, there is a law in France that, um, which is called the Sowedit law. Now, as per the law, uh, uh, you have to, uh, you, uh, the law says that neither one sex should exceed 60% of management positions, okay? So this is a Sawadet law that brings gender parity in employment uh, in France, okay? It was implemented in 2013, so it was not two, seven years back. It's a very new uh, law. So anyone breaking this law has to pay a fine of 90,000 euros. That's about $109,369, okay? Converting it to American dollars. So anyone breaking this sour debt law that promises to bring gender parity in employment that says that you have to not exceed 60% uh, of one sex uh, in management positions. So when the mayor of Paris hired 11 women and five men in a cabinet at management position, she broke the law. She broke the law because uh, with 11 women, that becomes 73% of jobs to one sex, that is women. Um, and therefore, she broke the law. Now, uh, as per the 20, 2013 law. Now, uh, so France, they find, they find uh, her, the mayor of uh, France, uh for that amount you know that uh she because she broke the law um now i understand okay i understand that france wants to make it 50 to 50 percent of men 50 percent of women at top management positions they're trying to bring equality which is great perfect but hey man this law is just 2013 
it's just seven years old. It was implemented in 2013. For so many decades and for so many centuries, men have been empowering. You know, they are in majority, like they've been like 98% of men always holding top positions, you know, and I have nothing against equality. I would love to have 50-50, you know, that's the best way to really uh, function in the world today. But in most parts of the world, men have always ruled the boardrooms. There have always been more percentage of men than women. So in order to reach that equilibrium of 50 to 50 percent, you have to empower more women in the positions like maybe 20 to 30 years down the line. You know, we would be able to achieve that. You cannot achieve a 50 50 percent of uh, women to men uh, ratio by uh, keeping it to 50-50 as of now. You have to have more women, you know, in boardrooms, more women in leader positions to be able to reach that 50-50% gender gap, leadership gap, to close that gap and reach that equal positions. You cannot do it. So I think what the mayor of France, uh, the mayor of uh, Paris in France really did was right, you know. All she was trying to do is have 70, 70, 73% or 75% of 80% of women on top positions because maybe in 20 years, we will reach a 50-50% of uh, men to women ratio. And then we can, you know, kind of go back to uh, recruiting equal number of men and equal number of women. So she was doing the right thing. But of course, she was charged as per the 2013 uh, France law that... um, that only allows uh, that uh, that only allows sixty percent of one sex to be uh, to be uh, to be recruited at leadership positions. But of course, you know this mayor and her name is Anne Hidalgo. She mocked the fine. She literally mocked the fine. But she, it seems, she mocked it so badly. She called it absurd. She called it unfair. She called it irresponsible. She called it dangerous. But she said that I'm going to make this payment personally by going personally and pay the check. You know whatever, $109,000 or whatever, and paid to the Ministry of Public Service herself. She, she mocked it. You know, she made, it's like a tongue-in-cheek, you know, kind of thing. Um, so uh, as per the industry standards, they say that teachers have 70, 70% of their women. Superintendents are 20% of the population of women in the whole, like, um, uh, as, a, as a whole, then S&P uh, 500 employees, that is uh, 500 large companies listed in the stock markets, only 45% of them are women. And S&P 500 CEOs, only 5% of them are women. So in order to be, be so in order to have that 50% and 50% ratio of S&P 500 CEOs, S&P 500 employees, to be able to reach that 50-50%, we have to recruit more women in leadership positions for the next few decades, you know, to be able to reach that equilibrium, that 50-50 mark, to reach and to be able to close the gender leadership gap. And what the mayor of Fran- uh, Paris was really doing was correct. That's what she was trying to achieve. But hey, man, she was she was fined for recruiting 73% of uh, women leadership positions in her cabinet. So uh, that's what that's what that's what's happening. You know, that's what's fucking happening. Anyway, um, I wish uh, uh, France could understand and I wish every country really understands this so that uh, in the next few years, in the next few decades, we could really have 50-50 men to women ratio, you know, in leadership positions and close the fucking uh, gender leadership gap, which is too huge. You know, it's going to take us a lot of time to have that 50-50%. And for that, we need more women representation in boardrooms. And women are competing. I'm not saying just represent them, you know. Higher, qualified, experienced women and get them on. You got to interview them to be able to find them. Many out there, believe me. Uh, yeah, so um, I was like, you know, uh, did you know that Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the whole 
fucking world has grown by about three feet. That's about 2.8 feet. Like, is that a rumor? Is that some kind of reality? Like a mountain, a solid object kind of growing? Like literally, even human beings, we stopped growing at 18 years, man. We are, we are made of blood and bones and uh, water and uh, uh, whatever and cells and stuff like that and microbes and whatever, you know, we are made of. And we people, we stop at 18 years and now this concrete giant object, the Mount Everest, which is about, which is about 29,000, no, 8,848 meters in height. Suddenly, it grows to 8,848.86 meters. That's about 2.82 feet taller. As a school, like I remembered, you know, we had these exams and in the exams we always asked, like, you know, how tall is the Mount Everest? And we had to write 8,848 meters. But now that answer is wrong. You got to write 8,848.86 meters tall. That's how tall um, uh, China and Nepal, they say that the Mount Everest is down. Like last time, they uh, they kind of recorded the height of the Mount, Mount Everest. It was in 1954. So now, 60 or 63 or 65 years down the line, they say, hey man, it's grown. It's about three feet taller. It's about 2.82 uh, feet taller now. And I was like, Okay, tell me how do you how did you record this height? Like you know, a mountain of solid surface rocks and uh, rocks and things like that are growing. Okay, tell me how did you? I want to know how did they kind of measure it? And then uh, China and Nepal say we used five uh, G technology. We used cutting edge uh, approaches. We used satellite images and stuff like that, which was not available, you know, decades ago. Like in nineteen fifty four, all this technology didn't exist. Uh, and then they also included the height of the snow cap at the tip of the uh, the snow cap uh, was also included in new height. And that's how they got the new height. So bottom line. So the conclusion. Hey, man, the conclusion is that. Mount Everest didn't grow. OK, it's just the new technology that made them get a a better picture of how tall the Mount Everest is. And they've also included the snow cap, which was not included in 1954. So, hey man, Mount Everest is the same height, but it makes good, it makes a good catchy headlines, you know, to increase tourism, to increase, uh, like it's, it's a good marketing effort. Looks good for Nepal and China. So, hey man, if it works that way, well, it works, you know. But I just wish, you know, we human beings could uh, grow like, you know, uh, uh, like, um, uh, like beyond 18 years. We just stop growing after 18, you know, which is so unfair. Hey, man, it's so unfair. Mm, but the bottom line, hey, man, Mount Everest is the same. It's just that a new technology has got the perfect kind of uh, recording the height. That's the only difference. And it's been one year since you're busy recording it. That's the only difference. That's all that I could say um, about the Mount <laughs> Everest. Anyways, that's all that I had for this week. Remember, guys, uh, you are only given one little spark of madness. So you mustn't, mustn't lose it. Don't ever lose that madness, you know, that little spark of madness that we have. Show it off. Bring it out. Be crazy, be mad. It's good to be silly. It's a little fun, you know. Uh, uh, and it gets it's it's more it's more fun to be silly, to be crazy, to be mad, you know. Uh, uh, in the world that we currently live in, you know, it's filled with anxiety. It's ruled by money. So uh, uh, to bring that a little bit, you know, just makes it a little different and makes it a little bearable, you know. Uh, anyways, that's all that I had for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Like I always say, because, hey man, you know, it takes me a lot to hit the play button of someone else's podcast. Why should I listen to someone? You know, it takes, it means a lot to me. Uh, don't forget, you can write to me at just, just nobody podcast at gmail.com. You can, uh, you can message me on my Twitter account. Uh, my handle is at M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O. That's my Twitter 
handle and uh that's all i have uh do write you know because i do uh, i do read uh, your messages i love that and uh before i go i want to actually um you know i'm a big I, i love the song i love the song drunken love uh by beyonce and uh featuring jay-z uh of course beyonce is is beyonce she's she's a great singer but i want to play this you know uh jay-z bit because actually you know whenever i listen to drunken love i actually wait for jay-z's bit like it just like about uh 3 3 minutes and uh, 35 seconds into the songs and jay-z really comes Brit, I mean, um, Beyonce is fantastic. I love the song. I love both of them. But I really wait for the rap version because I love rap, hip hop. I like that, you know, bounce in the song. So I want to play the Jay Z's bit, and then I'll see you on the other side of the song. Here's "Drunken Love," uh, Beyonce and Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. all night oh i love that song that's beautiful anyways thank you guys so much for listening i really appreciate it until next time baby bye 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 bye